Hey mama, do you find yourself wishing you knew you were on the right path with your business or wanting to know how to do it all as a work at home mom and entrepreneur? If you struggle with imposter syndrome, mom guilt, or fear of failure, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Alexia, a Christian mindset coach, passionate about teaching moms how to renew their minds to find success both in business and motherhood. You can overcome the negative thoughts holding you back from fully stepping into your calling. I know what it's like to worry your business will never work, to feel mom guilt every time you work on your business, to realize your mindset is hindering you, but not knowing how to change it in a Christ-centered way. I created the Mom with a Calling podcast to teach you how to use the powerful combination of God's Word and proven mindset strategies to help you break free from negative, paralyzing thoughts and gain clarity and confidence to go where God is leading you. As you step out of the old way of thinking and into God's way, you'll find more peace, joy, and purpose. Pop in those earbuds and get ready to let God work in you so he can work through you. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Mama with a Calling podcast. Today, I have a special guest interview that I'm bringing to you in two parts because it was so amazing that we just kept talking and I didn't want to just cut it off for time. And she was so gracious to do that. So we actually have... Um, We're going to talk about the first two points, like the intro and the first two points in this episode. And then the other one is right behind it. I just upload them both at the same time with the the final three and then some follow up thoughts. So um, I just split that up for ease. But before we get into the interview today, I wanted to put it out there again that I'm looking for two more people. You guys have been amazing. I've had six people sign up so far for the market research calls, the coffee chats, because I am creating a new coaching program. And I would love to talk with you if you would just be willing to give me 30 to 45 minutes of your time um, to be able to just get into get out of my head and get into your head to hear what you need, what you guys are needing help with, because I have so many ideas, but it might not be what you're actually asking for. So this program is for Christian moms who are either starting a business, want to start a business or are in business, but you're struggling, you're frustrated, you haven't gotten where you want to be. And you're wanting to be home with your kids to have that flexibility, but also making an impact, doing the work that God has given you. So I'm looking to chat with two more people. Um, if this sounds like you, would you be willing to jump on a quick 30 to 45 minute call with me just to answer some questions? I'm not pitching you. There's no obligation to be in this program when it comes out or anything like that. I just want to get um, you know, clear on what you're thinking because that's who I'm wanting to serve. And this is, it's so important to hear straight from you what you're needing so that I can create that if that's what God is leading me to create, right? If if they align. So this would help me so, so much. So in return, I can offer a free 15 minute coaching session or give you a a coffee, like a Starbucks gift card, something. Uh, We could do Zoom call or Voxer. Just let me know. Just go to mamawithacalling.com slash chat to go ahead and book that session. And again, so, so grateful. It would help out so much. So now without further ado, let's get into the interview with Sandy Cooper. All right. Welcome back to the Mama with a Calling podcast. Today, I have Sandy Cooper with us here. Um, Sandy has been on the podcast before if you haven't heard her, but she is a podcaster, writer, Bible teacher um, over at the Balance Momcast. And um, I'm just so excited to talk with her today. Thank you for being here, Sandy. Thank you for having me back. This is a real treat to be able to, I mean, like, you know, just to be able to come back. Like it means, it means I didn't screw up the first time, right? No, I love everything you said. And then there were things that we talked about 
both during the interview last time before and after that I was like, I need to talk to you more because yes. when I was, when I was, you know, talking to you last time, it came out that you have this other book that is um, about hearing God's voice. And yeah. it's in, you know, is the voice in my head, God, or just me. And it's like a Bible study and you've taught on this for years. So mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to talk to you about today, because obviously I've heard so many people say that this is kind of like the number one question that they get, you know, like, how do I hear from God? But as entrepreneurs, as, um, as moms trying to navigate, where is God leading me? Because the people that are listening to the podcast are either still in their careers and they're getting this like feeling that they might want to do something, but it's kind of like, is that God? Is that me doing something crazy? Or even just the mom who's already come home and she's in the thick of it. And she's trying to navigate motherhood and doing what's right for her kids. You know, I started homeschooling earlier this year. So it's like, is that crazy? You know, should I do that? Is there your business? Like there's all of these things. And then within your business, there's all of the directions. So I really wanted to, to talk today about how we can get better at hearing from God, um, learning what his voice sounds like, all of those things. So can you talk to us a little bit about your journey there and how you have really um, gotten to a point where hearing from God is something that you feel confident in doing and then teach us how to do the same? Sure. Well, um, well, it, it so I, I was raised in a church tradition that never talked about this, like never talked about hearing God. I mean, basically I, we would go to church on Sunday and the minister would tell us what, what the Bible says and give us a short sermon and send us on our way. And so it really wasn't until, um, the summer between my senior year in high school, my freshman year in college, um, when I really gave my heart to God and, started going to a completely different kind of church where everyone said they heard God. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, this is really cool because, you know, as a 18 year old college freshman, I wanted to know what God was saying. And so, um, the church that I went to, uh, you know, now looking back, I I can, can see, you know, the dysfunction and and the legalism and that sort of thing. But at the time, you know, I, these people loved me and they, they didn't mean anything. Um, they didn't mean to do anything that was bad. They were trying to do what they thought God was telling them to do, I think. And, but, but what would happen is because, um, because my brother was one of the ministers in this church, in this church that I newly saved in. And, um, and so because my brother was a minister there, I had access to like all the ministers, the pastors, everybody. And, and so I would go to them all the time and ask them what I should be doing. Like, you know, what should be my major? Should I take this job? What about this boyfriend situation? What about this friend situation? And they were happy to tell me what they thought God said. And, and, and that really um, crippled me spiritually because I didn't have an incentive to really ask God myself, like what he was saying, because they were all telling me what he was saying in quotation marks. And, and that seemed to be working really well um, for about 10 years. I mean, I literally went that way to through my twenties and it got to be um, where my husband, I was newly married. Um, My husband and I had an opportunity to move from where we were in Ohio down to a new job in Florida. And, 
you know, by this time I had pretty much equated what my pastor said with what God thinks about everything, which was so immature of me. Okay. So I, I have a lot of grace for young Sandy, but that is exactly what I thought. Like, I thought this is what, like, if, if my pastor blesses this move, then it's God's will. And if he doesn't bless the move, then it's not God's will. And, 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 you know, I tell the story in the beginning of the book. It's, it's the introduction of my book um, because, because I had reasons to be very afraid to move. Our marriage was not doing very well. I didn't know anybody. My whole family lived where we current, where we lived at the time. Um, and I didn't want to move, but my husband did. And so I was hoping that, um, that my pastor wouldn't bless it actually. <laughs> and, and so we go and talk to my pastor and he didn't bless it. And he was like, no, you're not supposed to move. And well, my husband, you know, he was a young, he, he was new in his career. He, um, this was a great opportunity for him. Uh, there was nothing sketchy about the opportunity, nothing scary really about the opportunity as far as, you know, the move or anything other than my own fears. And, um, and I heard them start arguing politely <laughs> about it. And I stood back and I realized, oh man, like if, if I can't hear God's voice for myself, because these, this was now my life. This wasn't, this wasn't just small things. This was like my future and my marriage were on the balance. And it wasn't my pastor saying, this doesn't sound like a good opportunity. This was him saying, this is not God's will for you. This, and my husband saying, no, this is God's will for us. And I'm standing between these two men expecting one of them to tell me what God's saying. And they're saying totally different things. And that was just, that was sort of my lightning bolt moment that I need to figure this out. I need to understand. I want, if, if God speaks to people, which I think he did, I, you know, at the time I was like, I think he does. Um, then I need to understand how to hear him, what he sounds like. And that was, um, I, that was in 1996 when I started down that, that road and it turned into, you know, what ended up being a 25 year journey, um, to get to where I am now. Oh my goodness. I, I love that the honesty there, because I think that so many of us do that and we, you don't realize it's not the right thing to do. I mean, you just don't know, especially, right. I mean, I grew up in the same kind of church where it was sort of like, I mean, I don't know what they thought the Holy spirit did, but it wasn't like that God was talking or that you, they would say that, but there was also like this hush hush around that. You don't really, um, you know, do that. So it was sort of like, yeah. So it's like when you're going through those things and you're, and you're facing these big decisions, right. Then mm -hmm. it's like, we realize I want to know what God's saying for me. And I think what's also, um, this is also probably just like a, it's also a spiritual thing. Like you said, it crippled you spiritually to kind of look mm -hmm. to others, but it's also a habit when we don't have confidence in ourselves, when we don't, um, understand that God will say something to us. That's for us right. because it's hard to like act on something that you think is God when everybody else around you might think it's not the right thing. Like doing that requires a certain level of 
knowing who you are, knowing what God is saying to you, his promises that he will speak to you, all of that. So, um, I think a lot of the women that are for sure listening, I know I've struggled with this too, um, of just wanting, even if I thought I heard God, even if I was doing it that way, still going to other people and asking them, um, for like confirmation. Now I know there's like wise counsel and that becomes really conflicting in my mind. Cause I'm like, well, I really feel strongly about this, but they're saying no, but realizing that they're people, right. Right. And that they don't, they have their own thoughts and opinions and everything like that. Um, so I think that that's a great story of, of how you really started to see it. So what did you do from there? What did you, when you started going on this journey, what was your process like for, um, for learning what God sounded like and for yourself? Yeah. Well, the first thing that I did, I mean, I just went straight to the word of God and I, I literally like, just, just so that, you know, we ended up moving, like we went, we moved and, and the people that we left, um, because now I look back and I realized that there was a lot of legalism and control happening. They, they pretty much told us that we were stepping out of God's will, that we were stepping out from under his protection. Um, they spoke a lot of like very curse sounding things over us. It was very scary and sad, you know, it was really sad. And, and so we moved and, and I just remember sitting down on my, um, living room floor with my Bible. And I guess this is probably like an early form of what people are doing now with deconstructing their faith. Uh, you know what? I wouldn't have called it that because it wasn't even a word back in 1996, but I sat down with my Bible and I laid it on my lap. And I just remember saying, God, I don't know anything. I want to start over. Like, I want to just start over. So just teach me, like, just show me. I believe, I believe that the Bible is your word. And beyond that, I don't know what I think. I don't know what I believe. So just show me. And so I started in his word. And, um, and the Bible study that I wrote is the voice in my head, God, or just me was a result that started with that in mind. But then, you know, it ended up being 25 years of study, you know, where I went in and what I really tried to do is because, you know, you can't do a line by line study of God's voice because that's not how, like the whole the whole scripture is him speaking. Like it's his word, literally. Mm-hmm. And so I had to, the way I approached it was that I I tried to look at people in the Bible that God spoke to that could hear him often, like that heard him, heard him, obeyed him, and that the Lord um, had seemed to have like intimacy with like what, and, and I, I tried to study, okay, what did these people do? How did God talk to them? What did God sound like when he said it, what did they do in response? And so from that, that, you know, just studying the, the good hearers of the Bible or as the good listeners of the Bible. And that's kind of where I came up with like five keys to becoming a good listener, because I kept seeing these patterns over and over. Like these are things that the people who heard God all the time heard, did over and over and over were the, the five keys that I'm going to share today. Yeah. Yeah. Go. I mean, cause I think I, I love this because a hearing that it was 25 years of study feels kind of like, oh my goodness, 25 years. But at the same time, it's that it's a journey and we're, 
we don't just like switch and have this light bulb of like, we know what God's saying, even though, um, when we read scripture, it's like, they like God's talking and he's like, here I am. And they just, right. they just <laughs> seem to know, right. Yeah, um, right. but, but at, at the same time, you know, I started the similar journey, I guess a few, probably in the past four or five years for me, but just sort of sitting there and going now, probably like three years <laughs> go, mm-hmm. going and going to scripture and saying, what do I need to know? And, and really doing that kind of noticing, okay, they heard God. How does it say the spirit led him to do what? How did it do that? And just sort of sitting with those things. And then in your own life, experiencing that and actually taking what we read and then learning how to apply that and having God show himself to us more and more. So can you go into those five, five key steps for us? Sure. Well, and I want to respond to, to the 25 year thing. Um, I, I'm confident that I heard God from day one, but to really understand, um, to the level that I do now, I mean, it's very similar to, and and I'm going to use this as key. Number one, um, is cultivating a growing relationship with God. So key number one is to cultivate a relationship with him. It's very much like a marriage. Cause I was thinking about, you know, when you were saying the 25 year thing, oh my gosh, well, you know, the, the day I got married, I was married. But the the level of intimacy and my my understanding, my husband has grown. We've been it'll be um, next weekend. It'll be 29 years that we have been married. And so, you know, it's it it grows. But from day one, I knew him. And so so the the two people that I studied um, for in the, in scripture for cultivating a growing relationship with God were David and Daniel. And they, their relationships in scripture are, they go back to like them being boys, you know, and, and as you study their lives, like I went back and just studied how they responded to things, how they responded to authority, how they responded to the Lord, how they responded to their jobs, like what their roles were, everything that they did. And I was like, God, you spoke to them so clearly, like they, they knew you so well. And so, um, I, you know, I, I was thinking back to the marriage analogy is like when my husband and the very, I remember the very first time my husband ever called me on the phone and I knew another guy named John and it, and so I was like, who is this? And he said, John. And he was like, John Cooper. And I, and I was so confused because I did not recognize his voice. I didn't know who he was. And to, you know, confuse matters more, my husband is an identical twin. And they used to think it was hilarious to get on the phone and switch and pretend, you know, and they, they would do it to me periodically. And, you know, you know, something's off and you're kind of like, wait a minute, like, wait, is this Joe? Like, stop it. You know? So, okay. So I remember all of that. Now, when my husband calls me, okay, not only do I totally recognize his voice immediately, but I also can anticipate when he's going to call. I, we can finish each other's sentences. I can interpret his silence. Like now I, he still sometimes confuses me clearly, you know, because husbands are that way, but, you know, to draw the analogy with our relationship with God, mm-hmm. if, if we want to get to know what his voice sounds like, I need to spend time with him. Like it, when I wanted to get to know my husband, not only did I spend time with my husband, 
which I did tons, tons of conversations, asked him tons of questions. Let, you know, he talked to me. I talked to him back. We had conversation, but I also got to know his family. I watched him, how he interacted with other people. I, I watched him interact with his friends. I, I watched all of that over years to really understand, you know, I listened to what other people say about him, his coworkers. Um, so our relationship with God is very similar to that. He, if we want to know what God sounds like, we have to spend time with him. We have to start talking to him. We start, have to start asking him questions. We have to start telling him things, you know, that praying like it's prayer. Um, we need to interact with his family. We need to be in a church where people know him. We need to ask them, tell me about your relationship with God. How does God talk to you? Um, you know, you mentioned that, uh, that when you, you know, you, you mentioned like going to people for confirmation and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think, especially when you're, when, well, I think at any point, I think as you're learning to recognize his voice, finding people and there, I have a whole chapter on this in the Bible study, because there are things to look for in people because God often speaks through other people. Mm -hmm. And so, but there are certain things, you know, Jesus said that, that you will be able to recognize a tree by the fruit that it bears. And so you need to look at the fruit of a person's life and see like, are they, are they um, bearing the fruit of the spirit and are they a good person to go and run this past? So, you know, all of that, but it all, it all starts with first and foremost, cultivating a growing relationship with God and letting that be your goal, not hearing God, I want to know your voice. It's God, I want to know you. Mm -hmm. and then you recognize his voice as you get to know him. So that's key number one. I love the analogy to marriage because it's so easy to like for us to relate to that, but it's so true. And I love what you said, like from day one, you were married, even though you had a whole lot of things to learn about marriage, you had a whole lot of things to learn about your husband, but it doesn't yeah. mean that you weren't married. And I think, as you were saying, you know, from day one, I could hear from God, but I was thinking, this is something that I've, I really am passionate about, like for myself and teaching others. And as I learn, which is almost like how to undo how, like the thinking that we have in today's culture, the, the way, I, I don't know if it's just because we're so academic, we're so logical, we're so intellectual that mm -hmm. it's almost like when we, we, pro we hear God all along. But right. we are so like, we're dismissing that voice as something because I was just struck, like when I'm doing this study myself, as I'm reading the new Testament and seeing how the early church, I think it's Thessalonians. I can't remember, but like there's an, a church where Paul is trying to get back to them. And he's mm -hmm. like, I wasn't there for very long. And I thought for sure that you, I, mean, I, I thought for sure that you guys would not be um, like, you would have fallen apart by now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, just, but they're fine because they are literally just walking by the spirit. And I'm like, we don't do that. Like, mm -hmm. how do they know how to do that? And it's like, I don't know how, I mean, it's like, they just know to operate in like this love for others and for God. And they are just literally like walking in that place. And it's like, they've been trained, I guess. And like, they're just yeah. like tuning themselves. Right. And right. so I think that that's a big part of it is like you said, cultivating this relationship with God. And as we read scripture, like this is the first place we can start because we can see examples of it. Like you were right. saying with David and Daniel, just looking at, 
um, like, you know, David spent a lot of time like out in the middle of nowhere, like just listening right. or just right. like believing God or like when he goes up against Goliath, it's like, his thought is like, hello, this is God. Like he, yes. he's despite everybody else's stuff, it's like, he has such, such a great relationship. And when we look at scripture, we can see, you know, you can see how God does things or like, what might he say? What has he said before? What are the, what are the ways he shows himself to people? What are the things he asked them to do? Most of the time it's something crazy. So if you feel like you're asked to do something crazy, it's (laughs) like, it doesn't mean it's not God because sometimes we're like, no, that can't possibly be it, but it very well may be the thing. Cause he asked them to pivot or do something really wild. Like imagining actually doing what he's asking them. Like we know where it goes, but if you imagine yourself in that place as that person, right. It's like, it would be weird. It would be hard. So I think that's a great, um, a great first step. So from there, as we cultivate that relationship, what's the next, the next step? Sure. So key number two is to saturate your mind with scripture. So there are three vital things about this second key. First of all, that God's primary way of speaking to us is through scripture. So God has already spoken to us in the Bible for every issue that we need him for. Um, he either, he has either spoken about it explicitly or in, or in, um, principle. Okay. So, so he's never going to, he's never going to contradict what his word says. Um, you know, he's not going to tell us, should you go make this move in your career or should you, you know, homeschool? your kids or should you even have another baby like he's not going to explicitly tell you those things but he will tell you things in principle he will tell you things about love and integrity and obedience and you know so there there he will never contradict what he says in his words so to saturate your mind in scripture is absolutely key the second thing is um well, and I just said that he would never, not only does he, has he already spoken through his word, but he'll never contradict his word. And the third thing is, is that, that keys one and two cultivating a growing relationship with God and saturating yourself in his word, they can't be separated. So you can't get to know God without saturating yourself in his word. His, His word can't be separated from a relationship with him. And likewise, you can study the, the scripture separate from knowing him, but you're not going to, you're not going to understand it, that you can have an academic understanding of it, but you know, scripture is alive and active and, and it is, it is, you know, the breath of God breathed into words. And so, um, you can't separate it from, you know, keys one and two are basically like key one a and key two key one one a and one b because they they're 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 interchangeable and and cannot be separated um and so you know practically speaking what does that look like to saturate yourself in scripture i mean however however you need to consume the word of god is how you should consume it thankfully we live in a country and in a time when the word of god is so accessible to us. Like we really don't have any excuse. We can consume it in almost any way we want to. We can listen to it. We can read it. We can read it in a variety of versions. We can sit down and go through a Bible study. Um, We can listen to a podcast. We can go to church and listen to it preached to us. Um, You can like right now I'm, I'm reading through the whole Bible chronologically, you know, in a, in a chronological, um, 
order, excuse me. Um, you know, one year I just, just camped out in the gospel of John and just went over and over and over it for an entire year. So I would just encourage, like, if you want to know God's voice, he is going to sound exactly like his word. And I would, I would say that probably, I mean, I'm going to make up a percentage, but it's a high percentage, 95% of God speaking to me is either while I am in the process of reading his word and something just illuminates and jumps off the page. And I can feel God say, this is for you right now, pay attention or dig deeper or, or, um, you know, read on. Okay. So it's either, it's either while I'm reading or I'm going about my day and the Lord brings back something to my remembrance. That is a scripture. And he'll say, that is for you right now. So, so it's, it is, um, it's almost never something I think, I think maybe that's what is confusing. And it was confusing for me is when people would have, um, when people would want to hear, hear God's voice, I think they envision that God is sitting down and telling them a bunch of separate things that are separate from his, the word he's already written. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I, I think most of the time that is not how God talks. I think most of the time he is speaking directly through the word he has already given. Mm -hmm. That is hard because it's, we want to have specific instructions, but what I think happens for me, at least is that when I'm reading scripture, and I have this thing that I'm wanting an answer about as I'm reading, because there's like the two like Logos or and Ramos, right? So it's like the yes. spirit's mm -hmm. going to give you your own um, yes. word, but then there's yes. also the written word. So it's just yes. like, as you're reading his word, it will, that's the part where I think it's living and active. It'll speak to you about whatever you're doing and you'll just have exactly. this knowing and it's, Yes. That th that applies. And like, that's the direction. That's the piece you have about whatever. Um, yes. And it's like, they go together that way. But like you're saying, you know, the spirit is supposed to teach us and remind us of, of his words. But if we don't know what his word is, we can't, he may be reminding us, but we don't recognize it. So it's like, we have to read scripture right. to have it pull out because I know there have been times, this isn't really a direction, but I, I was like, frustrated over my son. Like, why, God, why mm -hmm. am I so whatever? And it's like, in that moment, it was, um, be, be quick to listen and slow to speak, slow to anger. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, why do I keep losing my patience with my mm -hmm. son? And it was like, cause you're reacting, you're just, and I was like, so it, it, it's just like in that moment, it just flew up. And I was like, Oh, that was a quick, answer. like, that's a quick answer. But right. you know, but when there's things that, and I've known this to be true, like for me, that we, I will sit and read my Bible and have all this like illumination, this revelation. I'm like, this is so right. That's what I do a lot on the podcast. I'm like, this came out. This is awesome. But then there's like, whenever it's about decisions, big yeah. pivots, big things yeah. that feel really, all of a sudden we find ourselves going, I don't know how to hear from God. And it's like, but it's the same, the same it's voice, the right? Same. When it's scarier, when it's like, when we're learning something, there's, it's, it's almost like in that, like you said, there's this difference between knowing academically and knowing him and through scripture I'm reading. I don't know if you read experiencing God by Blackaby, but oh, yeah, yeah. 
like I love how he I mean it's just because of the Greek words but also just like knowing God not just knowing about him but knowing him through the scripture and that's one thing that changed everything for me when it came to reading the Bible because for years I would just I would read it and I was trying to in my perfectionist brain trying to get like a checklist of stuff of what I was supposed to do what I was not supposed to do and information like my academic self was like I need to know this information and then somebody told me to read scripture and ask, what does this say about who God is? And I was like, I've never. So I like now there was something earlier I was reading and I was like, why did you put that there? That makes no sense. So there's a reason for that, but what did you mean? And so it's like, as we're reading it, right. And ask, like you said, asking that question is going to just change everything because you will see, even like knowing that God loves us, he had, he, like he is love when you read all the old Testament stuff, if you don't have that perspective, it's like, that's harsh. But if you know that he loves, it's like, well, how might he say that if he's like, why did he say that if he loves? So it just changes everything. And it's so like, I just love reading the Bible from that perspective, because I'm like, what am I going to learn about God today by reading it that way? Um, Yes. No, that's also good. It's, it's hard for me to not like I feel like we could talk about this for like the five hours because I know, like, I, I know we have, I want to get through all these Mm -hmm. points, but I will say like back to the, the marriage analogy. I mean, if someone were to just hand you a list of facts about your husband and be like, okay, just memorize these and you'll be good. Like, that's not how you gain intimacy. That's not how you get to know him. Mm -hmm. That's not how you get to know his voice. Like, that's not how you get to know and, and understand what it is that you can have like this relationship with him. And, you know, God doesn't want that either. He wants us to know about him. Sure. But he also wants to, wants us to know him. Mm -hmm. Like, and another thing came to my mind is that when, you know, we're talking about like knowing the difference between like his voice and just like our own, one of the analogies I use in the Bible study is, um, is the bank tellers who need to learn about um, counterfeit money. And, you know, when bank tellers are trained, they're not trained about all the counterfeits. Okay. They, because, because technology keeps improving and counterfeits just keep getting better and better. And they just, so, so when bank tellers are, um, are trained to recognize counterfeits, they're actually trained to understand exactly what the real thing looks like. And so like, how does it feel? What does it look like under light? What does it look like when, you know, you hold it in, in like different angles and, and so that that way, anytime something that is a counterfeit passes through their fingers, they recognize it immediately because it doesn't feel like the original. And that's why it's so important to pursue a relationship with God in conjunction with reading his word, because anything that doesn't feel like that, smell like that, taste like that, sound like that is not God. Mm -hmm. And that, and then that's how you can discern those extra things that God is telling you about that are very specific when you're seeking him for direction about something about your business or your family. And, and you are saying like, God, I need to know what to do about this thing. And there is no scripture about this thing. And so I don't know what to do when, when you start, when, when doors start to open or close or, you know, circumstances change or someone speaks something to you, you hear it and and you have that inner knowing about it it's because it it sounds feels tastes smells like the original like oh this sounds like god like this sounds just like him and so you can pursue that thing in confidence and if you have a heart to know him and 
I don't know how other people pray, but I am constantly saying, God, my heart is just to know you and obey you. And if this is not your will, I'm going to go in this direction. But if this is not your will, just shut the door. Cause like, I don't want it if it's not Mm -hmm. from you. And, and he's faithful to answer those prayers because, you know, he doesn't, he's not holding out on us. He's not like playing hide and seek. He's, he delights in us knowing him. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's as much as you want to hear his voice, he wants you to hear it even more. Yes. And I think that's something that we forget is yes. that it's not like, it's like, we think it's a secret and right. like, he's got this plan for you and he's got all these things he wants you to do, but you've got to like follow some invisible treasure map or something. And it's like, right. he wants you to seek him for the answers. Yes. First of all, yes. like to have that relationship and he's got things he wants to do through you. And he wants to, like you said, to have that relationship so that yes. he can speak to you. Um, and like you said about moving forward and having that confidence because you know what his voice sounds like. I think one thing that struck me when I was reading Experiencing God as he was talking about, because I always thought that faith, the word faith felt like it was something that you kind of did in like blind faith, like stepping out in faith sort of sounds like you're stepping off a cliff and you hope there's an invisible bridge or something. And, um, and the way he explained it was like, I was like, wow, it was like, faith is not like, there might be some instances of that, but really it's that you have faith in who God is, who you know him to be, who he's proven himself to be either in your life, in others through scripture, because you know that he's a God who provides, you don't have to worry about provision because you know, he's a God that makes ways. You don't have to worry that it looks kind of crazy or that you don't have to do that. You're having the faith in who you know him to be, but you have to know who he is and you have to read his word and see who is he? And then believing that the Bible is real and true and that it shows who God is and then grabbing those things so that when you have something, you can move forward in that. And that to me, I was like, yes, like you're moving forward. Like you said, moving forward in confidence, because you know that this not only sounds like God, but you also know who God is, that it will in that direction that you can trust him. You can have faith that he's going to be there. Like the good shepherd, he's not leading you off a cliff. Like he's leading you where you need to go even though it looks kind of scary right now, you're just going to trust him and follow. Well, and he's a good father. So like, if I think that was one of the things, one of the very first things I learned about hearing God's voice is when I understood that he was my father. And that if I, I mean, what mother or father, if their toddler goes toddling toward a flight of stairs or out into a busy street, isn't going to like lovingly go out there and swoop them up and be like, no, 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 no. Okay. They're not just going to let you go out there and get hit by a car. Okay. So God is not like that. Like he's all those people who spoke that stuff over me when we were leaving and moving. When I sat down in the middle of my new living room with my, with my Bible on my lap and said, God, you know what, if we missed it, like, will you just help me? Like I, I was doing the best that I knew. I'm trying to follow my husband. I'm trying to save my marriage. I don't know if this is the right thing. If I screwed up, would you be that gentle, loving father and just sweep me up and point me in the right direction? And that's, that is the, that's the God I have confidence in. It's not that I have confidence in my ability to hear God's voice. It's not that I have confidence in any set of circumstances and how they're supposed to roll out. But I have confidence that the God who created me and knows me and loves me, loves me enough and is trustworthy that 
if I screw it all up and totally mishear and totally like that he that he loves me enough to help me and set me on the right course in the right direction. So why do I, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be afraid of that because I trust him. All right. So that's going to end part one of this interview with Sandy Cooper. As we look at those two uh, first two keys to being a good listener, to hearing God for ourselves. So join us back next time for part two. It should be right after this. I went ahead and just split this episode in two for you and listen to the final three keys so you can see the full picture of how to hear God better for yourself as you're working on following what he's calling you to do. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Mama with a Calling podcast. As always, you'll find the show notes for today's episode at mamawithacalling.com slash podcast. Really quick before you head out, are you loving these episodes? To make sure this podcast gets in the ears of as many mamas as possible, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. I'm going to be reading your reviews on the podcast, so I can't wait to hear from you. Also, if you know someone that needs to hear these episodes, grab a screenshot and share it on Instagram. And don't forget to tag me at Mama with a Calling so I can share it in my stories. Until next time, keep pursuing your calling.